Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fictional works of Howard Phillips Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are Matt as Private Detective Dan Williams. More like the Ripcraft Tapes, am I right, guys? Brian as Dr. Hubert Pretorius Loveland. Does anybody have a band-aid for this big gaping hole? And Gabe is Special Agent Roy Arroyo. I'm pretty sure that I have the best strategy in running away, since I'm the only one that hasn't been horribly injured. Lack of injuries is uh, crucial for running away. Mm. Yeah. Well, welcome, players. Uh, why don't we begin by checking the mailbag for any letters from beyond? And we have a couple iTunes reviews today. The first one says, Best Binge Listen Yet by Call Me Ivy. Hi, Ivy. They say, I spend most of my days bedridden due to unlucky genetics, so podcasters are some of my favorite people in the world. Among those favorites, these guys have quickly climbed the ranks. They have a great mix of personalities that play together incredibly well, fantastic storytelling that doesn't have to be unrelentingly railroaded to get things done, and asides that keep me giggling throughout every episode. I cannot recommend this podcast enough to binge listeners and casual listeners alike, even those without in-depth knowledge of the Call of Cthulhu game. You'll pick up on the important parts, like how roles are resolved very quickly and easily. Keep up the great work, guys. We love you. Thank you very much. I do, anyway. Brian's the official spokesperson for uh, the player's side of the table, so... And the next review says, Seriously, this podcast is great, by Harrison Wyckoff. And he says, one of the best RPG podcasts out there blows TAZ out of the water. It has a few audio mixing problems, but other than that, I love KG. I love Cage as well. No, oh, our, our audio has always been 100% perfect all the time. Yeah, We've I can't never believe had it. Any, but I've ne- been to Toronto in it. Okay, but if you want full <laughs> points, you need to put two negative comments. Was that was that the uh, iTunes equivalent of a shit sandwich? I thought iTunes was the iTunes equivalent of that. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. Got him. Sponsor us, Zune. Well, speaking of that, we do have a few announcements. Do you like what you hear? Support us at patreon.com slash tapes for cool rewards in exchange for your cold, hard-earned cash. Hey, it takes moolah to produce a podcast as great as this. Again, that's patreon.com slash tapes. But more importantly, do you collect pillows with random designs on them? Then why not collect our pillows with hashtag tacofish designs on them at teespring.com slash stores slash Lovecraft Tapes. Because your cat told you to, and your cat is a cat of Ulthar after all. Again, that's teespring.com slash stores slash Lovecraft Tapes. See, I didn't even know we had pillows. Did you want to fluff my pillows? And t-shirts and mugs and flags and beach towels. Those aren't pillows! <laughs> And, of course, you can find these links and more anytime at thelovecrafttapes.com. All right, guys. I see it's about that time. Time to pay the bills. We got Bill Cosby, Bill Nye, Bill O'Reilly. Bill. Let's take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Her, what's this? A brand new family dining experience sweeping the nation from high sea to high sea. What's that? It's coming soon to a town near you. How's that? Literal black magic here. Rejoice, for ye have been chosen by him to dine at the Kraken Barrel. It's the all-new, all-you-can-eat, high-seas monster-slaying, family-member-missing-at-the-end-of-the-night-never-to-be-seen-again restaurant 
that will leave you wanting seconds. Thirds, so much food that you'll burst with goodness buffy experience of a lifetime. Sit and watch in awe as giant tentacles from the dark roiling seas below. Pop up with your every whim and food want before your ardor can even leave your lips. Eat your life away as you rapidly gain weight on your way to becoming a sacrifice for the monster that keeps all of our employees hostage and forces us to continually lure new diners into the folds that he, in all his infinite wisdom and glory, can live forever. Praise be to the Kraken. Ah, but don't worry about all that nonsense. In fact, when I snap my fingers at the end of this ad... You'll forget everything I've said, and all you'll have left is an unexplainable longing to come to our eatery and eat until you're big enough to, temporarily, fulfill the hunger of the Kraken. We also have a charming country store out front where you can buy all sorts of lovely nautical-themed knickknacks for Grandma and some old-fashioned candies for the kiddos. The Kraken Barrel. Come join us, will you? Not like you have much of a choice. Three, two... One. And we're back. Bill Klein, Bill Collitz, Bill Burr, Bill Withers, Bill Maher, Bill Knightley. Maher? Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Maher? Bill DeWall. Oh. Dear investigators, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Holy mattress money. We conclude chapter six, The Big Uneasy. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Dan and Roy approach the homestead, unnerved by the scratchy, old-timey music emanating from within. They detect signs of cult activity and luckily get the drop on several members lurking within the farmhouse. A shootout commences, evening up the odds, but Dan is wounded in the gut. Again. Meanwhile, Hubert regains his strength enough to fight back against his rapist, then discovers the creatures are non-aggressive. In fact, they've brought him back from the brink of sure death by rattlesnake poison. Hearing gunshots, he exits the shack just in time to catch a fleeing cultist by surprise, shutting the albino in with the mutated concubines. At first, Roy and Dan are grateful to see the good doctor walking around, but Hubert sees the group has been surrounded by a multitude of robed figures emanating from the caverns and from the south. Hubert you are still weak from your encounter in the shack, wobbling unsteadily on your feet as the monk-like humanoids silently gather around your group. They reek of decay and fungal spores. Even though their presence is menacing, they do not move to attack. Instead, their mass is parted to provide a way through and into the dimly lit cavern in the cliff face, almost like a sign from above? Dan, you've had better days. Two bullets in the midsection in as many weeks? What are the odds? It seems strange now to have wished for more adventure, the old gun lust boiling up like a black phantom from the wars. Or maybe it's not so strange. With Samantha out of your life, if even temporarily, you seem to have slid back into your old ways. Unhealthy ways, clearly. Now you're struggling to maintain a semblance of sanity as the familiar shapes of the mushroom zombies cloister nearer and nearer. That single bullet left in the chamber won't do you any good against them, but it might provide a way out if it comes to that. Roy, 
The back of your neck itches furiously as you watch the shuffling dead close in. Even if you had a machine gun, you couldn't take them all down, and more seemed to be oozing out of the surrounding woods. You feel an overwhelming sense of fatalism, as if you'd always meant to end up here. A voice drifts out from deep inside the cavern, a voice filled with honey and the low buzzing of hornets slumbering in a nest. Welcome, gentlemen. Don't be bashful. I'll put the kettle on. As one, the brown-robed undead begin to shuffle forward, pushing your trio investigators toward the cave mouth. I'll kill myself. <laughs> we all do. I have some really great news, guys. Did you know that Jesus had disciples here in America? I just I just want you to take this free book that I have that will totally change your life. I'm not wearing my magic underpants today. Maybe they want to be friends. And why don't each of you give me a listen roll? Is that a thing? I needed a 20. I rolled a 21. I needed a 20. I, need, I got an 11. I needed a 70 and I rolled a 98. So Roy notices that he can hear... From the southwest, some hooping and hollering, and what sounds like a group of folks rushing toward you. You can hear them just very distantly. They're they're saying things like, Oh shit, they're Ewoks. Get in the cave! (laughs) And it sounds like they're approaching rather quickly. Damn kids and their roving, unintelligible babble parties. Guys, did you hear that? Uh, what, what, what'd they say? Well, don't worry. Nick Fury's howling commandos are coming to save us. We're saved. I think they're having us go into the cave, boys. Cave boys? That's my new band. Nick Cave Boys. Oh, well, it looks like we don't really have an option, does it? You boys stay behind me. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna pull my uh, cane sword out and just kinda slowly walk towards the cave with it in front of me. And I'll be brave... And go in the middle of you two. Uh, I'm going to walk backwards, just gun pointed down the ready in case anything tries to charge us. And I'll have my gun holding upwards. So you advance towards the caverns. What a poorly designed cave we're in. A-space R, A-space R! Uh, Hubert, as you enter the cavern, your eyes adjust the gloom quickly, aided by the burning wood torches set in sconces on the wall. The floor and ceiling of the tunnel ahead have been roughly surfaced with stalagmites and stalactites snapped off and the stumps ground down in a cursory manner. There is a faint, pervasive dripping sound that echoes and rebounds off the craggy walls. From deeper within, a gleeful voice calls out, almost mockingly, I believe you are looking for Samantha, are you not? I have her here. Will you trade your life for hers? The question hangs in the air and is then punctuated by a woman's muffled scream. I'm going to immediately push past both of them and start sprinting down the tunnel. Daniel, Daniel, wait! I'm going to run with him. I will run down carefully, making sure I'm centered away from the torches. As uh, you press forward, the uh, mushroom zombies also press into the cavern entrance and follow, essentially blocking out the light from the entrance. And the whooping sounds that you heard are becoming uh, more distant. After several yards, the tunnel splits in two, continuing east but also branching south. You're getting warmer. The voice taunts. It's hard to tell from which direction the voice came, since sound reverberates seemingly from everywhere. Why don't you just tell us where you're at so I can come over there and kick your ass? Why don't you go ahead and give me a listen roll, Dan, since you're in the lead? 
Why are we playing Where's Waldo? I needed a 70 and I rolled a 3. That is an extreme listening success. As he's trying to listen, I go, Daniel, you can't run ahead like that. You'd really have to stay with the group because what if something were to happen to you? Like if you touch a torch and climb it on fire or something. What are you doing standing there with your hand to your ear? Would you need some help with that? What if you fumble a listen roll? Do your ears oh, fall yeah, off? Oh yeah, get in here, Roy. Talk with him. No, it's happened before. I fumbled a listen roll uh, back at the contented cow and I had my right ear blown out by a lightning strike. Nice. I vaguely remember that. People apparently really enjoyed me being half deaf. What? That was funny, yeah. <laughs> Dan, you can very easily tell that the voice is coming from the east. He's this way, guys. Let's go. And I'm just going to kind of point out the east tunnel and I'm going to start moving. Okay, but let's stick together. And keep up. I would like to point out that they're following us and now this better lead somewhere. You go a little bit further and uh, you can see the tunnel sort of widens a bit and then branches out again. Continuing east, but then also a branch to the north. Hmm. I think we should split up. (laughs) We'll each take a branch. Yeah, because that never goes poorly in any kind of RPG ever. Psst. It's okay. This guy's gonna leave when Jack's okay, so we can go one way and leave him to die. So, Dan, you're in the lead right now, sort of leading these guys. Which way would you like to go? I'm gonna kind of take a moment to peek down both of the tunnels. I'm gonna look down and say, Ollie, Ollie, oxen free. Your voice is lost. Polo. Okay, I'm gonna say, I have a feeling that we really should just keep going in the same direction, guys. It, it seems like that tunnel over there, I'm going to point to the one in the north, uh, dead ends pretty quickly. Okay. As much as I hate having to go deeper into this thing, it's really our only choice right now. I have a bad feeling about this. Well, we can't go back. I'm going to keep walking east. Hubert, mm-hmm. you notice that there are what appear to be shoeless footprints Ooh. heading to the north. And they seem to suggest some sort of sign, like there might be much activity up that way. Daniel. What? Look at this. Do you see all these footprints going up? Are you sure that it's straight ahead and not north? I mean, it's right here in front of us. Look at it. I think this is the correct way. I think I'm going to follow this way. We should go this way. Okay, but if this means that we don't find Sam in time, someone's going to pay. Because I swear to God, if he harms anything... I don't think Sam is here. I think he's pulling us in. It's a rude. It's, it's, it's a shade of red that it's is often ri- used in ri- lipstick? It's a rude. I just start going right up north. Just going north. I'm driven. I'm following, just staring down at the footprints. Got it. Uh, what, what are you guys doing? I guess I'm going to follow him north, because I think splitting up at this point is just going to make things worse. I'll split up. No. I'm going to keep going with them panting as I struggle to keep up. Guys, can we take a break? (laughs) (laughs) Shouldn't have skipped leg day. Who doesn't put a bench in a cave? Turns back to the zombie, say, do you guys have a water bottle I can borrow? I just need a drink. So Hubert takes the lead, manically following the footprints. The northern tunnel ends abruptly at a cave with a sunken floor at the center of which is a yawning pit opened in the floor. I knew it. Sitting in a circle around this hole are 13 naked men. Their throats slit cleanly and deep, so their heads loll all the way back. It appears they are screaming silently at the sky. Their blood is gushed forth, streaming into the pit. There is yet luster in their eyes, and steam rises from the cooling plasma. This must have happened only moments ago, but you don't see any weapons in their hands or anywhere nearby. Their sacrifice will save this world, the voice booms out from further to the east. Can you be so selfless? Suddenly, 
A geyser of blood erupts from the crater, showering the ceiling with dark ichor. I need each of you to make a sanity roll, please. Sanity! Sanity! I needed a 60 and I rolled a 55. That is a success. I needed a 64 and I rolled a 36. And as I see my my rolls getting worse throughout the day, that is a success. I needed a 57 and I got an 87. You can't push sanity, though. Dan and Roy, I need you to each take one point of sanity. And let me know how that pans out with your current and uh, total sanity. I'm down from 60 to 59. I still have the temp insanity from earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm at 67 of 68. Hubert. My turn. Could you please roll a D8? I could roll a D nuts. Roll a date. Four. You take four sanity, please. Oh, okay. Where does that put you at, big I'm guy? I'm at 54 out of 65. Yeah, 53 out of 65, right? 53, yep, you're right. Math! Math is hard. And you're already temporarily insane, so... Great. Bye, guys. I jump into the pit. Do a flip. (laughs) Told you it was to the east. No, footprints. Oh, there are footprints. Why don't you describe just how shaken you are as a result of seeing this geyser of blood erupt from the middle of the floor? When I see this geyser of blood erupt, I'm taken aback to one of the early cases when I was running in the FBI... I was uh, investigating a serial killer, and when we tracked him down, his apartment down, we walked in, and he had painted his walls in blood. So I I fall to the ground and realize that we have to stop what's going on here. Nice. So Roy takes a quick knee. As long as it's not at the National Anthem, then you're really in trouble. But he quickly recovers, and uh, with his resolve to uh, bring to justice whoever did this. Dan? When I see that geyser of blood, it takes me back to my first days down in Iraq on patrol. I was walking around with my unit, and uh, one of one of our guys, just for a second, made the mistake of looking away. And he stepped and set off an IED buried on the side of the road. I just remember seeing him just go up in a cloud of smoke and flame and blood and guts. And just like... When I saw it in person, I feel the blast wave from that explosion, and it pushes me back. And I fall back to the ground before I kind of scramble back into the tunnel a little bit before I step back up and dust myself off. So you regain your footing, and for whatever reason, you have a flash in your mind of that soldier's face just before it is obliterated. And just for that briefest flash, it is Samantha's face. Hubert... You've taken a much greater hit, and you're already temporarily insane, and also just on the brink of death, really. It's a Monday. Looks like someone's (laughs) got a case of the Mondays. I'm going to run up to the bodies that are around the spewing pit and reach for each one of them. I can do it. I can fix them. We can reset this. And putting their heads back up onto their necks and trying to keep them up, going to the next one as the one falls back and rushing back to put it back up and rushing to the next one to keep them up so I can reset it. And as you do so, you're slipping and sliding in all the blood and there's blood raining down from the ceiling as the geyser hits the cave ceiling and then just sprays all over you. Blood. And so by the end of this little routine, this Abbott and Costello routine, blood. you are just essentially coated in dripping in blood. And that is what Dan and Roy see. This 
bloody apparition just manically going around and toying with these corpses. That's how you get AIDS. I don't need assistance, though. Did we, Dan slash I, get covered in blood also? No, you guys are relatively protected. Uh, particularly he uh, backpedaled and uh, you fell backwards. So you, you're pretty much spared from the blast. All right. Well, then the first thing I'll do is I'll rip a piece of cloth off my shirt and take a swab of the blood and put it in my pocket. So if we get out of here, we can maybe identify it. Go ahead and uh, put in your inventory swab of blood. I'm in the FBI. What? No, you're not. You're in a cave, you dumbass. Then I assume you actually have uh, rubber gloves and uh, a little baggie to put it in. Small sack. Sure. I'm going to just kind of, in shock just for a second, stand there and watch as the doctor just kind of back and forth with these. And then I remember that Sam might still be down there. So I'm going to go turn back, look down that tunnel, turn back and go, Doc, they're gone. We got to go. There are people that might still be alive that could still use your help. But I can end this. I can fix it. No, you can't. But you're not helping. Nothing can be done. I think I can fix this. And I collapse to the floor. You want to go get him? Because I... (laughs) I don't want to get blood on me. I'm just saying. I'll walk over to him and put my suit coat around him. Let's go. I'm so sorry. I don't know what came over me. It's fine. We just... We need to go with Dan. Hubert, why don't you give me a spot hidden, please? I see blood. And dead people. Ha <laughs> ah, ha. Bruce Willis is here. I needed a 25. I rolled a 99, which is a fumble. And your eyeballs fall out. How do you fumble a spot hidden roll? The blood is in his eyes. And now he's blind. You're darn sure that the answer lies at the bottom of that pit. I know it's All in there. All signs point towards it. It's in there. I pull away from Roy and run and just dive in headfirst. All right, you guys have a single action to do anything to stop him from doing this. I'll do a maneuver because I'm right with him. I'll try and grab his arm before he's able to dive in. All right, so what we're going to do here is... Combat. <laughs> I think it's I think it's just dex versus dex, honestly. So roll away, boys. I'm going to fumble this and I'm going to fall in too. Yes. All right, I need a 50. I got a 20. That's a hard success. I needed a 40. I rolled a 54 because I obviously this character can't roll jack and or shit. Yeah, well, this is a good thing that you didn't roll. All right, so Roy, explain to me how you save Hubert from actually diving into this hole. So as he gets up and starts charging, I'll grab him by his ankle. So that way he basically, he'll he'll hit his head on the floor. At least he won't fall into the pit. Despite the blood-slicked ankle, you manage to just barely hold on and your fingernails dig into his shoelaces just enough to trip him up. And of course, he's a slight old man and he falls heavily to the ground. Why don't you go ahead and make a constitution roll, Hubert, to remain conscious? (gasps) I needed a 50 and I got a 48. You fall heavily to the ground, but you are uh, stunned momentarily, but just enough to realize that maybe the answer isn't at the bottom of that pit. After all, now you're going to have quite the bruise on the left side of your face. Do a D100 for damage. Chicks dig bruises, man. You feel a wave of uh, annoyance, but also gratitude towards Roy. Roy, thank you so much. I don't know what came over me. Yeah, that's what I do. Let's get out of here. This this place is this place is not natural. Lead the way, Dan. I run and jump into the bed. <laughs> Uh, so we're gonna head back down the north tunnel i'm gonna head east uh make sure i still have my gun 
back up and at the ready, and I'm going to start heading back down that tunnel towards... Did you reload it yet, or...? Where that guy might be. <laughs> Dan forges ahead. Roy is essentially carrying the dock at this point, who is slipping and sliding around, coated in this congealing mass of plasma. Quick, get me some casing. I'm going to make sausage. Blood sausage. It smells like old pennies. The rough-hewn tunnel opens into an enormous cavern with cathedral ceilings that drip with stone formations that seem somehow mutated, twisted. There is a low hum vibrating in the air, making it hard to concentrate. From the northern wall juts a polished obelisk almost two stories tall and half as wide, bulging outward as if pregnant with a presence which lurks behind the near-translucent glass surface. Indeed, you swear you see something dark flicker with movement beyond that misty portal. But it could be a trick of the torchlight. So glad you could join us, the voice beckons. You see him now, a tall shirtless man with long hair standing in front of the obelisk. His teeth gleam white as he smiles widely. In his hand, he holds an obsidian puzzle box. With a flourish, He bows low, and you can see behind him is a low, flat slab of stone, upon which lies Rosita, clearly unconscious. Four robed individuals squat to either side of her, brandishing shiny, curved blades. I believe I owe you an explanation. But first, introductions. My name is Tommy Ray. He points to Hubert. Doc, he nods and grins. Good to see you again. I just wish it was under better circumstances. Then he turns to Dan. Mr. Williams, you're quite the resourceful detective. Well, let's just say my fiancé and her dad were some of the best, and I pick up things pretty quickly. Finally, he looks at Roy. And Mr. Arroyo. Or should I say Miss Blaine? Half of her anyway. The other half? He looks meaningfully down at the black cube in his hand. About time the two of you were reunited, don't you think? Roy, a sharp pain stabs you behind the eyes. Unbidden, you see a series of images, memories that are not your own. You see Samantha Blaine obsessing over certain incantations in ancient tomes she's acquired with money, guile, and the assistance of other shady individuals. She is trying to open a portal in time, A way to find her father, Charles Blaine, whom she is convinced lives somewhere in the past. Unfortunately, she attracts the attention of things beyond the veil of reality. She manages a desperate gambit, casting one final spell to split herself into twin non-physical forms. One is deposited into the obsidian puzzle box. The other drifts through ethereal planes, pulled inexorably toward her heart's one true desire, Dan. She cannot possess him, however, unwilling to subject him to this supernatural occupancy. But she finds you instead, incapacitated, on the verge of death in the hospital. She whispers to you, offers to restore your health in exchange for a place to hide inside of you. You accept. Over time, Samantha tries desperately to communicate, leaving you clues, forcing you to do certain things, to see certain signs, all in an effort to... That's right, Mr. Arroyo. 
the man says agreeably, as if he's able to read your thoughts. She was trying to warn you. Don't come to Laplace, she was trying to say. It's dangerous here. And she was right. Should have listened. It was pretty easy to get rid of old Jack Whiteside. Been years trying to get at him. Who knows? If his mama hadn't to run from our family here, maybe he'd end up like these fine folk. He gestures towards the hooded figure surrounding Rosita. As one, they push back their robes to reveal the familiar but long-dead features of Bugsy Cicerelli, Sharon Skinner, Fred Petunia Ambrose, and a young woman who resembles Jack Whiteside. Hey, hey, the gang's all here, Tommy croons. Roy and Dan, I need you to make a sanity roll. Meanwhile, I'm going... I needed a 59 and I rolled a 56. That is a success. I needed a 67 and I rolled a 94, which I suppose makes sense. Dan, you're going to take one point of sanity damage, please. Puts me down to 58. And Roy, I'm going to need you to make a d10 roll, please. I got an 8. That's going to put you into temporary insanity. So go ahead and check that little box. And then I'm going to need you to make... A D100 roll, please. Got a 35. Ooh, this is not good. Oh, boy, this is going to be rough. But it actually sort of makes sense. So, Dan, why don't you explain to me what happens when you take this one point of sanity damage? When I see all these people that had kind of become, or at least a couple of them, had kind of become friends in a way, especially Bugsy, it's going to kind of give me that eerie sense almost of, of deja vu. Like, you know, maybe I've kind of known that, that something was coming for a while now, and it's just now entering the forefront of my brain. And I'm just going to take a moment, and I'm almost going to drop my gun down before I kind of shake my head out of it and bring it back up right onto Tommy. Roy, your reaction is a bit more extreme. He turns around and runs and jumps into the pit head first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm following him. Me too! <laughs> As they reveal them, and I... And I suspect it is them, I'll fall to my knees into tears immediately and I'll crawl over. And as I confirm that it is essentially everyone I've ever cared about, and they're all dead or about to be killed in Rosita's case, I'll just start hitting myself in the chest and the head and to the point where I'm bloodying and breaking my fists on my body because I wasn't smart enough to see this coming and I wasn't smart enough to to understand what Samantha was trying to tell me and as I become increasingly more furious and I'm just increasingly injuring myself I'll fall into a fetal position and just start laughing you crawl over towards where the four mushroom zombies who were once you, some of your friends surrounding the unconscious form of Rosita. You crawl towards them and start beating yourself about the head, chest, neck and lamenting the fact that you were not quick enough or insightful enough. And it's almost as if you're trying to beat Samantha out of yourself, out of your head. Maybe in your mind you've already curled into a fetal position and started laughing. The obsidian portal to the north sort of catches your eye, and it it looks so smooth and mirror-like. You feel just a cold, dead shudder through your body and your soul. Lick it! That it seems as though a serpentine form presses its face against the other side of the portal and is looking, leering, laughing at you. And then Tommy Ray says, Now, this might sound all Bond villain-like, but I want to be very clear about what's at stake. Are you going to monologue? I'm monologuing here. (laughs) 
Roy, I'm going to need you to take Rosita's place over there. She and Dan can walk out of here all friendly-like, but I might suggest they run, considering what's going to come through that portal. Suddenly, a chorus of voices echo from the tunnel back the way you came. All hail, Yig, serpent usurper, most holy snake, Yig, master of the rattle. Tommy Ray grins even wider. Yep, that'd be him. And he's pretty impatient, as you can see. He waves a hand towards the pregnant portal to the north, which seems now to be pulsing with a greenish glow, and from within thrashes hazy black writhing. Doc, I know you want to stick around and see all this, and I'm fine with that. Who knows? Maybe we can use your expertise when he arrives. Okay, Roy, let's get this show on the road. And if you get any funny ideas, I'll make sure to send 12 members of my family to visit the 12 members of your family. Deal? I'll get on the table. Whoa, 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 wait. So, so, just give me, wait, let me, so you're saying that you need that little box in your hand to open up that portal at the back to basically end reality as we know it. Am I just, I just want to, just want to make sure that, you know, we have clear air here. I, I want to know what's happening. Is that right? Well, I did say you were a pretty good detective, Mr. Williams. I really think there's only one option in this case, and I'm going to draw and I'm going to shoot the obsidian box. All right, and Hubert, what are you going to be doing? Do I have enough strength to tackle Roy? To tackle Roy? Uh, he's he's a bit away from you, so I would say that's probably not an option at this point. I'm going to throw my crucifix. At? Rock drummer Tommy Lee. Yeah, Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee Jones? Whoever's standing to his right. I'm going to choose the girl. The one who looks vaguely like Jack Whiteside. Tell me what your crucifix does. I have a blessed crucifix. That I can use one time a day on one target. A successful hit with a crucifix will destroy a zombie. Okay, deep breath. Let's go ahead and start with Hubert. Throw away. Oh. I needed a 20, which is really low. I rolled a 9. Nicely done. It strikes her dead between the eyes. And her corporeal form dissipates in dust. And the robe slowly settles to the ground, the knife clattering against the slab of stone. Obi-Wan! And you hear a faint wail as Jack's sister is released. Thank you. (laughs) You douchebag. Then you see, Hubert, that the crucifix, the sheen that it once held... It now is dull. And Dan. Can I push a fumble or is that like a a no? No, you can push it. You can absolutely push it. And I think for the first time in the history of the Lovecraft tapes, I'm quite legitimately going to push my roll. Oh, shit. Ha. Ha. (gasps) I needed a 43 and my push gave me a 39. Nice. That is a success on my push. Oh, my gosh. I have a 100% success rate with roll pushes. That's it. I'm retiring. (laughs) Oof. Do, 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 do. So Dan lines up his shot. A drop of hot sweat rolls into his left eye, blurring his vision just as he was pulling the trigger. And he fires. His sights are off. The bullet fires far away from Tommy. Hits the portal. Twangs off the portal. And then goes and hits the... Obsidian puzzle box shattering it. The obsidian puzzle box explodes in a thousand black shards 
littering the floor of the cavern. A wrenching, ghostly shriek echoes throughout the chamber, which quickly dwindles to a wailing, confused cry of, Why? 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 And then it is gone. The portal in the wall closes with a snap, becoming just another polished piece of stone instead of a pregnant piece of the mountain ready to birth an elder god. And Tommy Ray is just another lunatic whose sanity is snapped completely. He is scrambling on the ground, attempting to assemble and put the pieces of the cube back together, unaware of his futile efforts. But, for now, his control of the undead horde seems to have slipped into neutral. They sway in place, rooted to the spot like so many cave mushrooms. And why don't each of you give me a intelligence roll? I need a 50. I got a 61. That's a fail. I needed a 50. I rolled a 27. That is a success. I needed a 45. I rolled a 24. That's also a success. Dan, you realize that you have a very finite window to get the fuck out of here. And Roy is still on the ground. Hubert looks like he is under his own steam, but very wobbly. But you're going to need some help with Roy. You do notice also that Rosita has come too. Hey! Rosita, uh, yeah, what's that? What's all happening here? Up. Uh, long story, no time to explain. You oh. grab the, the old guy. Oh. I'm going to take Roy, and we're getting the fuck out of here. And I'm going to oh. down, and I'm going to pick him up and army carry him over my shoulders so we can get the fuck out of here. Nice. And uh, Rosita gets up from the slab, sort of looking at the now stunned robed figures to her left and right. Like I said, long story, we got to go now. And she clambers up and uh, heads straight towards Hubert and picks him up, slinging him over her shoulder, not even noticing that he's slicked with blood and maybe not even caring. She's like, come on, Doc, let's go. As he's picking me up, I'll say, are we just going to leave the hellbound heart? He could do this again. Roy is very satisfied to see that the portal has now become less like a mirror and more like a dull piece of stone just set into the mountainside. No special properties. And you guys race back towards the cavern entrance, I assume. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And you easily get through the throng of mushroom zombies, most of which are now beginning to disassemble. You can see them sort of looking at their bodies as they crumble and shrivel. And Dan, you can feel your unnatural fear of vegetation dwindling with their dissembling. Guys, we just got to keep going straight. That's the way out. Am am I sane yet? (laughs) No, I think we should stop and check out that cave to the south, you know? And as you pass that cave to the south, Hubert and Roy notice a familiar shape drifting through the air. A translucent, slightly pink-tinged creature, which is making a beeline from the southern chamber up to the northern chamber where the men all slit their throats. And as you exit the cavern back out to sunlight and the afternoon, you can hear a echo of slurping noises. As you get out there, you see a gaggle of naked, very skinny, junkie-like men wandering around the concubine house, the outbuilding, clutching their heads and tearing at their flesh 
their eyes have been pulled out by their roots. Holy shit. Kill it with fire. I'm going to go find that sexy guy that had his way with me. And- <laughs> Rusty Arroyo just saying. We could take him. We've got to get out of here. What's the quickest way to your boat? They, they took my boat. It's it's just over there past the tree line. I assume you still got the keys? Yeah, I think I think if uh, if we can get to my boat, uh, we can get out through the lake over there. There's a, a hidden channel that goes back out to the river. Great, because we need to get as far away from this place as we can as fast as we can. She takes Hubert towards that structure over there through the woods. There's a little bit of a path. And uh, sure enough, on the shores of this lake, it's a small little lake that appears to be the dumping point for probably the sanitation system for the entire compound. So it's disgusting. But her boat is right there, and nearby is a uh, creek that will lead back to the main river. Let's go. Let's get this done. You guys hop into the boat. She gets it started, no problem. And you drive away uh, along the uh, small creek, and you can hear the moans and screams of the cultists, the Glatmanites, what remains of them, as they tear the flesh from their eyes and scream, Yig! Yig! And you make it back to the mainland. Woo! Hey, Rosita. Yeah, baby? You... Don't happen to know where I could potentially get some high explosives from around here, do you? I might be able to line something up. What you got in mind, boy? Because as much as I hate that place, we need to go back. There's a tunnel that leads from the old graveyard into that compound. I want that thing so full of rubble that they will not be able to dig their way out for a hundred years. Both Roy and Hubert end up in the hospital with Jack Whiteside, uh, receiving care and particularly some psychological care. Dan and Rosita head back the next day with enough explosive to permanently close that tunnel that leads from the uh, uh, cemetery to the compound. The cemetery seems lifeless now. You see the shattered remains of the church door, but you can tell that the whatever was here, what evil dwelled here once upon a time, uh, has been expunged. I know we took care of what was back there, but after today, I'm not sure that I'm ever not going to be creeped out by graveyards ever again. Well, I don't, I don't blame you, honey. That's uh, This place gives me the creeps, too. I thought this was a peaceful place once upon a time, but I, I heard about your girlfriend. I'm sorry you had to do that. For me. Yeah. She was special to me, and as much as I would have liked to have seen her again, I know that she would have never forgiven me if I would have let an elder god ruin, you know, what we had of reality. She was always for saving other people, helping other people, doing what's best for everyone else. So I figured the best way to honor her would be to what I think she would have want me to do anyway. Well, I understand that, and I, I can appreciate that. And from what I've heard from you and Hubert and Roy, I, I could certainly hope that she is with her father right now on some distant plane of existence, you might call it heaven, and I hope they're smiling down upon us right now. Well, we should probably do this. Uh, you want to light the fuse? Yeah. Let's collapse this son of a bitch and never speak of this again and never come back here ever again. How's that sound? That's a deal. I'm going to pull out my uh, Zippo, click the flame on, just kind of look at it for a second, and then bend down over and light the fuse and just start walking away. Cool guys never look at explosions. And you and Rosita both walk away from the explosion, which is 
almost sounds like more of an implosion as the tunnel is collapsed for good permanently. And yet, on the wind, you think you hear... Why? Why? And that will be it, the finale of Chapter 6, The Big Uneasy. I can't believe you all lived. I know. (laughs) I know, right? Wow, pushing the roll. That was amazing. (laughs) First time in, in, what, 50-something episodes that we haven't actually... We joke about pushing rolls all the time, but I think that's the first time anyone has actually pushed a roll. I don't know if you heard me, but I was completely prepared to get onto that altar. Yeah, yeah, I heard you. That's why I said, can I tackle Uh, him? That's kind of what I thought was going to happen, yeah. I mean, that was going to be... There was a whole other scenario, a whole other ending... Where Roy gets on the altar and... Uh, and it goes bad. Terrible things happen. <laughs> well, guys, that's going to do it for this time. And we will uh, reconvene in a while for Chapter 7. We'll see what that brings us. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's time for some recommendos. My recommendo tonight is the 2018 movie, Annihilation. Directed by Alex Garland, who wrote 28 Days Later and directed Ex Machina. Starring Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Oscar Isaac. It is the story of a woman whose husband returns from a top-secret military mission, changed in more ways than one. This is a gorgeous piece of cinema, lensed by Rob Hardy, bursting with color and texture. Uh, It's an intelligent script adapted from a series of books. There are some scenes of uh, what I would call hand-holding for American audiences. A couple annoying scenes that uh, were basically, let's deliver a bunch of exposition. But I don't think it was enough distraction to take away from the overall intelligence of the movie. There are some scary fucking scenes here, and I don't want to go too much into detail because they're nice surprises. Well, the swimming pool scene is quite alarming. The uh, swamp shack scene is pretty intense. More importantly, the the rundown house, that really freaked me out. So some some really good original concepts and and very horrific and Lovecraftian. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to enjoy a lot of these elements. Particularly the, the scene at the end reminded me of Color Out of Space. The more I think about Annihilation, the more impressed I am because there's a lot of psychological subtext going on. It leads to more questions than answers. So it's a great conversation starter it's a thinker so i highly recommend 2018's annihilation all right matt i figured i'd stick uh stick close to the belt thematically here i have a game that's all about zombies because who doesn't love zombies uh state of decay 2 from undead labs uh just recently came out it's a, a zombie survival game but not in the the traditional sense it's not you running around the world trying to you know find out who did it and stop it and you know maybe save save the whole world it's you and a small group of survivors building a community and just trying to eke out a living and just trying to survive in this end-of-world scenario. You know, you have all your different survivors who are all different. They have different specialties and talents, and you have to manage, you know, running a base, so you need a constant supply of food and water and building materials to upkeep things. And you have to, you know, travel these expansive maps to scavenge and pick out from homes, and other people eventually show up, and you can help them, and if you're nice enough to them... They might join you or if you either shun them or do things to make them angry, they might come after you and try and take your stuff. Really, it's really something different from most zombie games out there. And I enjoy that 
sense of community, that journey to, to build something, to make something out of the end of the world. All right. State of Decay 2. Nice. And Brian. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, Queen. Yes, Queen. Everybody, my character didn't die. <laughs> uh, my recommendo, I actually have two. I recommend uh, The Big Uneasy by Jeremy Johnson. Because it was really freaking fun and amazing. So if you do end up putting that up for people to access somehow or purchase or whatever, you got to try this. It is it is a blast and it goes so fast. I've never been so excited to, to jump back into the next recording or next gameplay of it. So thank you. Thank you. The uh, other recommendo I have is uh, uh, the fourth season of I, Zombie is on Netflix. So I've I've uh, talked about the show before, but the fourth season, they put a twist in it. They actually come up with a cure for being a zombie, but it's extremely scarce. So it's almost like a fight over who's going to over who's going to take it and if they should take it, because it'll take away their extra added strength and, and vulnerability and stuff. So um adds a fun twist to it. There's still the investigation part. There's more of a military aspect now in a company that's trying to turn people into zombies so they can create the perfect soldiers. So it, it's it's got a little bit of everything in this. It's a fun direction they're taking with it. So I Zombie season four on Netflix. Who wins? Whoever wins, we all lose. That's true. All right. Our hardcore fans will remember last week I said I had a two-part back-to-back recommendo. Well, this is that second part. Last week I recommended Quantum Conundrum. This week I'm recommending Quantum and Woody. You see the connection there? Yeah. It's a comic book. It's made by a company called Valiant Comics, which I think is one of the best comic companies out there. I think they're extremely underrated. They've been around forever, but they just kind of hit their stride a few years ago and have been starting getting really popular to the point that I'm pretty sure they have some movies coming out soon. This is, I think, their best work. It's one of their older works, too, I believe. It is basically a Bedfellows buddy cop movie, but it's superheroes, and they have a pet goat and it's white men can't jump if they were superheroes. It's really hard to explain because it's always really fast pace. All of the comedy hits you at all the time, and the action's great, too. It's just something you gotta read to really understand it all, because there's so many in-jokes and stupid things that go on. So just give it a check out. It's real funny. It's real quality content, and it's a Quantum and Woody. So basically, it's Toy Story 5? Yeah, it's Toy Story 5. But with uh, Scott Bakula? Yeah. Nice. We'll check it out. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anyone wants to RSVP to the We're Not Dead Fuck Yeah party at Blaine Manor, hit me up on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if you want to console me because everyone I ever cared about, and I swear to God there's nobody left in this universe that I care about, I swear, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. And if you want to check the scoreboard for the Zombies Zero Herbert 1, you can reach me at Brian Podcast on Twitter. Well, until next time. Why? The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2018. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, 
please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.com.